Hey, welcome to another episode of Grace and Truth with Johnny Rollett. Grace and Truth comes from John 1.14, where it says Jesus was full of grace and truth. Join us today on this podcast as we dive into deep revelation and find ways to make it understandable cowboy style simple that's the way i like it and i hope you do do all right i want to read you today i'm going to i'm going to specifically be on one of what when paul says put on the full armor of god i just i wanted to take one day i don't know that i'm gonna do this with every every one of them i'll probably do this on one more but i just wanted to spend one day on this one topic that paul is talking about so it says therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able a fly land on my camera and you can see the fly in there that is the weirdest get what is your that you may <laughs> that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day and having done all to stand stand i think that's one of my favorite that should be a bumper sticker when you've done all you can do to stand, just go ahead and stand some more because that's all you can do is you stand. And, in, and I, I wanted to say this because this is a complicated, confusing thing that I'm about to say. What he's talking about is when you in your physical humanity have done all you can do to stand, to take it, to deal with it, to handle it. To, to break through. Yesterday, I hit a sand wedge and it went directly right. And and that, for that moment, I'm like, I'm going to throw this club. It wasn't my club, thank goodness, because I would, I was, I was like, I cannot believe that just happened. And, and in all of my humanity, I had to like, and it doesn't help to have Travis over here going, hey, you know, we're just out here for fun. I'm like, yeah, but uh, you're winning. So, you know, I'm. you said you're competitive. You know, I'm competitive too. But I'm, I'm really just trying to make light of it. But it, it's this moment when you have gotten to the end of you. When you're dealing with something that is a whole lot more serious than golf. And your, your life is at a standstill, and you're up against the grind, and there's something that's just, you can't sleep at night. It's it's just sitting on the back of your mind. It, uh, it, it is fearful sometimes. Uh, at Travis, I'll use his, him as an example. He, he was dealing with a, a, a heart palpitation, or it was, it, it went, what's the word? AFib. AFib. He went into AFib. I guarantee you, when you're when your heart is hurting, literally hurting, and you're in AFib, uh, that's stressful, and it brings anxiety, and you start thinking about all kinds of things. You start thinking about not being here. You start thinking about your wife and your your family, and you start, did I do everything to set keep them in the and taking taking care of them? You start thinking about eternal life. You start thinking about being here or not being here there's a lot of things and then and what happens is you get to a point where worrying isn't going to help 
You just get to the point where I'm sitting here chewing my brain out. And I'm realizing that it ain't making one bit of difference. As a matter of fact, it's probably exacerbating the situation, making it a hundred times worse. Just freaking out, stressing out. And, and what Paul is saying, when you've done all you can do to stand, then you stand. And as dumb as that sounds, what I'm want, I want to elaborate on that, what he's saying. What he's saying is, when you come to the end of you, really, you should not wait till you're to the end of you. You should have not ever been in you. Is you stand in his death. I said that the other day. And I realized when I said that, that anybody that doesn't have a, a biblical knowledge of what that means, that is, might be one of the weirdest sounding comments you could make. Stand in his death. So I'm gonna, I want to break it down just a little bit, and I want to break down one other section, and then we'll be done today. But standing in another word for it is his finished work. So when Jesus is laid on the cross, what were his final words before he passed away? He said, it is finished. What it is finished means is everything. And if you don't get your mind and contemplate what he meant by it is finished, then you'll never walk in the finished work. You'll never understand the power of what he meant when he said it is finished. When he said it is finished, he meant sickness and death is finished. When he said it is finished, he meant human human involvement in your eternalness is finished. When he said it is finished, he meant that his blood was enough. His shed innocent blood as an innocent lamb covered all of your sins. It covered your eternity. It covered your pains. It covered your anxiety. It covered your stress. It covers your fear. It covers your worry. It covers your doubt. He said it is finished and it means it's completely, totally finished in him, not in you. You don't have the ability to say it's finished. Right now, there's a roof that's half that's about half done up here. And, and Travis says, I'm finished, all right? Because I need to go on to other things that are more profitable for my family. So he's going to hire out the rest of the, the other half of the, the, the roof. Well, let me just tell you, just because he says it's finished, it ain't finished. He's got to bring somebody in to finish the work. Well, Jesus said, it is finished. And when he said it's finished, brother, it's finished. You, the Bible then calls you more than a conqueror. You're the head of, uh, only, above only, not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. You, you, you have to. So the only way that's possible is to you for you to relinquish your control. Because what a man does, what a human man does is, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to pick this booger up and I'm going to get it done and I'm not going to set it down until it's done, until it's finished. Well, that, that, 
what that actually does is creates lazy Christians. I, everything I'm saying here is co completely opposite of what most people think. Most people think a lazy Christian is letting, sitting back and say, God, you, you do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, you know, you just take, you just take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. And they think that's lazy Christianity. No, if it's going to be, it's up to me. That's, that's, that's the man way to handle it. I, I got to get up and God blesses those who bless themselves. I've heard that a thousand times. Preach from the pulpit. God's going to take my hands and put it to the plow. And that's it. And there are some of that elements. You're not going to sit on a couch in a physical realm and then expect the harvest to come in and the harvest to be go out there and bail itself. Okay? I'm not I'm talking about a spiritual battle of of the mind and the spiritual letting go. I'm not talking about physical. So the phys, the spiritual battle is to say this. That what I mean, sorry, the spiritual laziness is when a man says I got this. I don't need you. I'll handle it. And then when I get to a place where I can't handle it anymore, then I'm then I'm crying out for God to to rush in and be my savior. That's lazy Christianity. Here's here's what I mean by it. Boy, I, I hope that this makes sense. I hope that you capture this because this is a very difficult heady situation lazy Christianity is putting any authority or power in your own abilities to handle it because you may be on the outside acting like you got it all figured out but the truth is a real man of God finds his rest in Christ finds his peace in Christ finds his guidance in Christ finds his leadership in Christ so for instance let's say I got a situation I'm trying to put it into real terms let's say that I got a situation going on and it's not something that I can just go out and fix. So let's say let's let's use the heart ablation. The, I mean the heart AFib. I can bet you, and I don't know this. I, I'm speaking for Travis, but I can bet you that ninety percent of his mind was, "What do I got to do to fix this?" How do I handle this? I need to wrangle this just the way I wrangle that cow and that steer. And I want to get that thing by the horns. And I'm going to throw it on the ground. And I'm going to wrap it up. And I'm going to I'm gonna deal with this. Well, who do we got to see? What do we got to do? Right? And that's the typical. That's everybody. That's how we handle stuff first. But that's, that, that is what I mean by lazy Christianity. And that's no offense to him because I do the same thing. We all do. We're all learning. The ideal position is to go, you know what, Father? Your blood was enough. You died for not just my sins, but for my healing of my body. 
and you have called me to be under your wings at a position of rest and I trust you with what's going on with my body I don't know what to do I don't know how to handle it but I know you do I know that you're not wringing your hands and worried and stressed out I know that you already know the plans that you have for me and it's already ordained and already ordered what you're going to how this is going to work out so father what I do this morning is I pray for number one is I relinquish control to you I've I am deciding to be at rest in my spirit and I trust you number two I'm praying that you show me and lead me and bring bring the right people in my life bring the right circumstance in my life put me with the right doctors the right authorities the right situation and 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 get me out of the way and that that is called trust and that's the hardest thing to do it's the hardest position to be in is actually be at a, at a, at a place of trust and that's why I'm saying it's, it's the opposite is lazy because the easiest thing I'm gonna give you this last example Jesus and then I, I, this wasn't even what I was gonna talk about today but I, it just came to my mind and I'm just sharing my heart and then I'm gonna be done Jesus is he's going with some he's been done he's been preaching all day long and he's tired and he gets in the boat with with what could have been at that day the most professional fishermen on the earth Peter and all those guys they they know fishing <laughs> they they know boating they've been on the Sea of Galilee for uh, probably a, a thousands of, of times and Jesus gets into the boat and he says this he says let's go the other side we're going to the other side and then Jesus goes and crawls up into the bow of the boat and he goes to sleep. And so Peter's out there with his guys and they're just row, rowing the boat. They know what they're doing. They got it. It's in my authority. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. I'm a man. I'm a fisher man, right? I'm a boating man, right? I'm a Look at my hat. I got a captain's hat on. I know what I'm doing. And about that time, a storm comes. And a storm comes in that is so incredible raging that these world-renowned professional fishermen freak out. They're losing their minds. And I can just see them out there. You, I, just, I have the comic side of me. They could just see them going, <laughs> to the left, to the left. Oh, God, here it comes, right? And they're trying, and they know all the techniques. They know how to steer into the wind, and they know how to hit this and do this, and they, they got all the right moves, and it ain't working. And now they're in their own abilities. They're in their own selfness, and they're in their own abilities. They're making it worse, and they're finding themselves going in circles and hitting the waves and slapping, and, and Jesus is steady asleep. And Peter... Peter, not Peter, yeah, Peter, <clears throat> sorry. Peter sees Jesus laying in the boat. I just want to stop for a second. I want you to hear this from my heart. Jesus is in your boat. 
I'm going to just let that sit in. Whatever you're going through in life, sometimes you get so caught up in focusing on the storm that you forget Jesus is in the boat. So Peter wakes up Jesus. And this, this wake-up moment is the ultimate funny thing to me because it's the ultimate sign of how we, most of our prayer life is. This is Peter's, when Peter woke up Jesus, I want you to hear yourself and your, the last time you were under some stress or duress, I want you to think of how you prayed to God. This is what Peter said. Are you just going to sleep while we die out here? Are you just going to lay there and sleep while we perish on the sea? How many times have we prayed that prayer? Do you not see me dealing with all of this? Do you not? Are you just going to? I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to think of something funny. Are you just going to hang up there and build some mansions? <laughs> are, are you laying tile today and you don't see me down here? I'm going through it, brother. Where are you at? Where are you at? Are you just going to lay another brick of gold in your streets? Is that what you're doing? Where I'm dying down here. We, I make fun of it, but our prayers are repetitive of that. Man, I, I, where are you? God, what, why didn't you help me here? Why, why did you let this thing happen to me and my family? Where were you? That's the prayers. That's the prayers. And Jesus wakes up, and he's at peace. And he stands up, and the first thing he does is he speaks to the storm. Peace, be still. Think about it. Ultimately, whatever storm you're facing, that's what ultimately we want. Not this. That's, that's lazy. Laziness is us trying to outrun the storm, to outmaneuver the storm, to, so that the storm will miss us. And we can look back and say, look, at, I am a fisherman. I am a cowboy. I am a fisherman. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. We're down here on earth trying to outrun storms. The Bible says the storms, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Storms are coming. Whether Jesus is in your boat or not, you're going to have storms. The storms are coming. It's how you deal with the storms. If this is how you're dealing with storms, then you're lazy. Why can I say that? Because that's me. I'm talking to myself, man. I'm talking to myself. This is, this is the last part I'm going to say. Hi, Linda. We got to go. But I want you to hear this. When Jesus gets done rebuking the storm, he turns in and rebukes Peter and all of the rest of the fishermen. He says this. Come on, listen to me really close. O ye of little faith, he says to the fishermen. You think about that. That's kind of that's rude. A little faith because I'm out here trying to handle this on my own. A little faith because I didn't want to wake you up, prince of prince and king of kings i didn't want to wake you up and i'm trying to i'm trying to give you a little bit more rest i'm a little faith come on but listen just leave her i'm good uh, thank you i appreciate it this is this is what jesus is really saying let me I just if you could focus and get this one point right here did jesus not know the storm was coming 
and he crawled up in the boat. And what's the what's the words that he said when he got on the boat? We're going the other side. That's <laughs> guess where the other side is not? The bottom of the ocean, the bottom of the lake. The faith is trusting him that we're going to the other side. No matter what the circumstance is, no matter the, what the storm is, he said we're going to the other side. Now let me put this into your real con the real connotation. If you are a believer and you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, he's already said to you, we're going to the other side. So why are you freaking out? Why are you worried? What are you upset about? Why don't you just trust him? That he knows the plans that he has for you. He knows how to handle the storm. He, in one moment, all of this rowing and figuring out and <clears throat> all, the, all the work that they did as men went out the window in one fell swoop when he stood and said, peace, be, be still to the storm. Here's, here's what Jesus was really saying. And I want you to hear this in the right connotation of what I mean when Paul says, when you've done all you can do to stand, then stand. And you're, what he's saying is stand in Christ. Stand in hope. Stand in him and his finished work. This is what Jesus was really saying. I knew the storm was coming. I wasn't worried. I crawled up and I went to sleep. It's a position of rest. And so what he really would have been, what would have been the better position for, for the disciples, for those professional fishermen to do, is when the storm come, hey, Jesus is in the boat, and he's at a position of rest, and he said we're going to the other side, so you know what, I'm going to trust him, and I'm just going to crawl up next to him, and get in the same position that he's in, because if he's not worried, why should I be worried? And that is the hardest thing for a human to do. And that's why I'm saying that this is actually lazy. Because trusting and having faith in a God that you don't see and you don't always feel and you, don't, you can't look over and see that he's in your boat. You just have to believe that he's in your boat. And you have to have faith that he's in your boat. And you have to have faith that he already knows what your circumstance is and your situation is. And you have to have faith that he's going to take you to the other side. And you have to have faith that he cares about what you're going through. And you have to trust him. And you have to believe him. That's hard. That's hard. Being a man and rowing your boat and handling your business... That might work if you've got hay to bring in. But when you're laying in bed and your heart is in AFib and you don't know if you're going to ever have another day, this ain't going to help you. Trusting Him, believing in Him, that's hard. But He's all you got. I lost one of my really good friends yesterday, he was a pastor. He's been, has cancer for two years. <clears throat> and he would always, he's out of Kentucky, and he would hit all these, he would show pictures of his guitars, and he would say, I can't wait to play that guitar again. And I can't wait to get, and he'd show a picture of a motor, I can't wait, wait to ride that bike again. I can't wait to do this and do that again. I can't, and all the while, his circumstance wasn't getting better. He was dying. 
And you might say, well, he's just deceived. But here's, here's the thing I want you to hear. I cannot tell you one message that Scott Kilborn ever preached. I don't remember one message he ever preached. I don't remember one song he ever sang. I can barely even remember his voice of what he sounded like. I met him three times in my life, and we talked online a lot. But here's the deal. I'll never forget that when facing a death sentence of cancer, being told that he wouldn't live for three months, for the last two years, every single day, he remained in faith to the Father, and he never lost his witness of his countenance of his confession of his mouth, and he never lost his faith that God has got this. And we think that he lost the battle, but I think for the last two years, I'll never forget that Scott Kilburn never lost focus and never focused on the storm, but always kept his focus on the king that's in his boat. And I just pray that today, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand some more. Because there's nothing else that you can do. You don't have it in you to fix all your issues. You might be able to go fix that tractor today. You might be able to go fix that car today. You might be able to go and do a better job at your work today. But when the storms of life hit you, and you've done all you can do to stand, you better learn how to stand in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Stand in his death, stand in his resurrection, stand in faith, and stand in trust in the king, because he's all you got. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye-bye.